love you. Jennifer, ladies and men, we're glad to have be here again. And so please, why don't you just come on in and sit with us here on the couch. I'm your host, the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. This is Green and Faceless on the Couch. This is a movie and TV review show. And I think that your new character here is going to have me press to the audience an ultimatum. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't decided what the choices are in that ultimatum, but uh, is it is it a born ultimatum? It I, is it, it is a death born ultimatum and ripe of potential to be extreme and painful and lethal. Oh shit! Yes, um, all birth on this character. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Um, all the all I do is give myself a stream of overbite and just talk. <laughs> just put the teeth out there and go for it. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that character is not as annoying as the shaky cam, is it? No, you got me no, it's not yourself. as annoying as the shaky cam. I will agree with that because it, at the very <laughs> least, does not make me want to vomit. Well, that's yeah. good. If you yeah, could see voice. it, maybe that's the ultimatum. Should we do face cam from now on <laughs> so yes. they could see me doing yes. the voice? <laughs> Are we going maybe to that... start using face cam in the comments? You you answer, and then you get to see what I saw. <laughs> yeah. And if the, if the answer is yes, we should use face, uh, face cam, then I'm going to implore all of you to head on over to patreon.com slash green and faceless on the couch. Wait. Nope. <laughs> Is it just no patreon.com slash green and faceless. That's right. And there you will find uh many tiers that you could uh you can sign up for, join, become a true couch potato if you wish to help us out, or if you just like the show. You can also just uh comment on many different websites, uh, Apple Podcast and uh Patreon everywhere. There's many places you can comment. But yeah, all of that helps us out. But if we get enough people who uh who pitch some money in and we're able to afford cameras and uh maybe maybe we'll look into face cam. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? We'll we'll see what we can accomplish in the future. Uh you know, and then you can and, and, this and, you know the lowest we're asking for is is two bucks a month. If you got two bucks in your pocket and you think this show is at least worth that in production value. <laughs> I mean, hey, if, if you think it's worth, yeah, if you think it's worth that, that's what was it? What was the math we did on it? Twenty five cents an episode. It's twenty five cents an episode. Yeah, a quarter for our two cents. That's totally worth it. Yeah. So, and, and you know, with that, you get a vote in our monthly potato pick episode. Thank you, potatoes. We love you. We'll stop plugging the Patreon now. <laughs> We'll never stop plugging the Patreon. But for this I episode, just meant we'll to plugging. this episode, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the we Born Ultimatum. Though. Oh, yeah, baby. Here we are. The Born Ultimatum. Got, you want me, to, want me to go away at it? Yeah. At the, uh, try to summarize what's yeah. going on here. It's this, teed up. The, it's ready to go. You're in first grade. You're, you're bat oh, happy. Boy. I'm in first grade. <laughs> Swim away. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just <laughs> referencing T-Ball. Oh, gotcha. 
<laughs> I thought for a second you were going with the car reference, and I was like, D- did he mean first gear? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, Dad. <laughs> I took it out of park. <laughs> um, here we are, the third the third bo- Bond film. Jesus, here we are, the third Born <laughs> film. Oh, man. Yeah, it's I gotta JB, love man. JBs. <laughs> <laughs> It's like everybody, it's like all entertainers out there are really just trying to piss off people with dyslexia. It's like, how can we make this uber annoying? It's It's like, like, ah, uh, super spy man. I want to do, I feel like though, the guy who wrote this novel. uh, Robert Ludlum. Yeah, I I feel like he was like, you know what, I want to do James Bond, but I can't do James Bond. But what if James right. Bond lost his memory? Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's real good. That's real good. But see, apparently the thing is to, again, I have the books. I've never read them. I've, I've read half of the first one and just could not. But he goes more, apparently, this is just from what I've read on the internet. He, in the books, goes by his real name of David Webb. And oh. he's just like, when he's brought back into the spy world, I guess, is when he becomes Jason Bourne. I mean, the first one, he has lost his identity, but I guess he recovers that maybe huh. in between the books. I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, if you've read the books out there, definitely uh, talk to us about it in the comments because I'm very intrigued, but I'm not going to be able to read them ever. <laughs> but <laughs> And I think the third one here, uh, the, the third book and the third movie, I think it's a similar thing as the second one where they just took the title and loosely the story. And here, the story is, it's written by three people, Tony Gilroy, Scott Z. Burns, and George Nolfi. Uh, Tony Gilroy wrote the original script and dropped from the project because he, he had co-written the, the first two scripts, and he was kind of mad because the second film, he had apparently written this important emotional aspect of jo- Jason Bourne's character, which was, he doesn't want to be a killer. It was a very he, he had put a lot of heart into this character apparently in the second script that was just removed. Yeah, there and wasn't. I, see that. Fair, I mean, that movie was very bare bones. It was just yeah. it was just action scenes, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was just an action spy film, and it was it was for what it was. It's worth it's it's fine, I guess. You know, you can watch our review on that. We were both kind of bored with it i didn't like it at all really (laughs) yeah and with the third one i think it's a a touch better but he didn't stay on this project because of how he felt about them deheartening his character because he wanted this character to have more uh more uh emotional conflict with the art of killing because as a spy you know he has to kill a lot and in the second one he wanted him to be very much about the I don't want to be a killer anymore. I don't want to be a spy anymore. I just want to be this guy. And that is what the third one is about. Apparently, that they is... stuck more with his script here. Okay. Yes, yeah, that is what's going on here. I feel like this particular uh, episode in this trilogy probably was like, it didn't, I don't think, feel like it needed to happen. In fact, I don't think any of these films needed to happen. That is that is fair. <laughs> that is fair. But in the second one, like he loses Marie, and that could have been like a really good story, but it just mm. was bare bones, Jason Bourne kicking ass stuff. Right. Yeah. This one, like and at that- the end of that movie, like he got them to agree to leave him alone, pretty much. Right. And then in this movie. I can't honestly remember how Jason Bourne got back involved with these people. You know, 
You, you know, I can't either. It's uh, it's a lot of this is a spy film, but it's more intriguing. So I'm still paying attention. Right. But the 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 basic plot of it, like what gets him involved, I just can't remember. It's like there's somebody new at. Uh, it's it's not Treadstone. He hears the words Blackbriar. Like somebody right. attacks him or whatever, and in that process, he hears about Blackbriar, which is the successor of Treadstone, which is the organization that he was part of as a spy and everything. And he's having these strong flashbacks throughout of the uh, of like his first ever like induction into Treadstone. Yes. I can't remember. It, it's with uh, Dr. Albert Finney. I yeah. love Albert Finney. Like he is uh, an amazing actor. He plays Albert Hersk, the Doctor Albert Hersk. So he got to keep his first name. Nice. <laughs> I mean, we we know and love him from Big Fish. Like right. we've already talked about that. He is just a beautiful actor, and it's fun to see him play this like sinister business villain. You know, he's right. he's just a head of a spy organization who's trying to keep cover of the the Treadstone agents and what they did with these people. And it, it's just it's. I don't, again, I'm sorry. It's like, I know, I know people want to know the plots, but I can't remember the plot too well of this. There's a recurring assassin who's trying to kill Matt Damon or right. kill Jason Bourne. I mean, his name is like Vesh or something. Yeah. And they have like four or five face offs. Maybe it's just three, but it's like, that is the recurring thing is he's trying to, trying to expose Treadstone and Blackbriar in a way. And at the same time, survive the numerous amount of people who are coming after him. You know, you got right. You got uh, what's her face from the last one who was head Pam, of the uh, Pam Landy. Pam Landy. Landy. Thank uh, you, Joan Allen. She you. is brought in on this situation that involves Jason Bourne, and heading it is the um, the NSA guy uh, Noah Vosen, played by David Strathrain. And uh, I know we've talked yeah. about uh, David before. And I still didn't remember how to say his name, but I really enjoy him as an actor. This, I mean, he's good and he's great in this role, but I'm not going to say Noah is my favorite character. He is definitely charged with covering up this Black Briar stuff. Eventually, Jason figures that out. And with the help of the return of Nikki Pearson's Julia Stiles character, he, uh, tries to figure that out she also kind of just appears in the movie i feel like <laughs> yeah they didn't really yeah. use her much either no she, she has a much better role than the few times she's appeared right. like because again every time she appears it's only for a few minutes in this franchise it seems right but but here she has a much more involved role but it is still very small smaller yes. than i would like it to be yeah and i don't know how <laughs> to talk about what the movie is about without giving away the like the twists and stuff uh, furthermore I, I mean just the plot part there's parts of this movie that i definitely want to talk about we might as well start with the julia styles stuff so i don't think it, it spoils the plot too much to spoil that she reveals that her and born used to be in a relationship before everything went tits up in the first movie jason doesn't remember any of it slash david right and he says as much she she's like you really don't remember anything and he's like no i thought that that was very interesting they don't seem to get together at the end but nikki does have the, this like ending shot thing whatever and i'm glad that they don't get together because that would just yeah. feel weird 
Because, right. like, he doesn't remember the relationship they had, and the only relationship he knows of having with her is him yelling at her practically to leave him alone. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so she like basically what how she reveals this is just expressing how hard it was for her. Yeah, and, and you kind of get it through subtext. I I don't think she flat out says, "Yeah, we were we used to bone, dude." <laughs> right. I mean, but I mean, like, it, but thinking about it too, it, it's got to be it, it adds to her performance of the last two movies. Yeah, because I completely forgotten this aspect, and looking back at it, the last two movies, you're like, oh, that's why she seems so. You know, just kind of weird in in the moment, you know, because right. it she seems scared, but it also seems like there's something beneath her fear. And now we know what that something is, and it's like, oh man, that really just makes a, a much more intriguing performance. But I don't really want to go back to the last no, two films to no. just watch it for that. They're not they're not worth it for Julia Stiles' performance. I'm sorry, Julia. And she does great, but it's it's yeah yeah you do just fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like like you said, also, they don't really utilize her that much. The only female character... Okay, that's not true. I feel like Pam Landley is used pretty well yep. in both films. But I, yeah, Pam's a great character. For his love interest characters, they only did it with, with Marie Wright. That's the... Yeah. Like, she was an actual character, I feel like, mm-hmm. while Nikki is kind of just like an information bridge. But to stand back from that too, like I want to applaud this film for not feeling like, you know, again, James Bond always has to be, you know, that spy film with a bit of a eye candy. There's got to be a model in there somewhere. He's got to have like three different love interests throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. So I want to step back and be like, Hey, spy film with the Jason Bourne name. Applause. You didn't make your, your man a womanizer. Like he is just a, a, a dude trying to survive. Right, and I like that. That that makes it a much more intriguing film, uh, and, and a more intriguing character, I guess. More uh, rather, right, right. But yeah, I, I do wish they had done more with those those story elements. You know, like include Nikki, include their past more, include you know what occurred between them, how she's feeling about everything going on. Like, there's there's a lot more elements here, and I feel like the being a spy film, they're just afraid to like approach that more human element. Maybe um, I don't know, but they. Could have the the whole point I'll say of this movie I feel like could have landed harder if they would have leaned into it a little bit more. What what you're talking right. about? As yeah, it stands, I still think it's a pretty good end for an action series. And too bad they had to go on for two more. Yeah. But I mean, well, I say too bad. They might we might go to them and find them very intriguing. I Who have knows? no idea. This is the last one that I have watched before green and faceless existed right and i i watched both of them i do not at all remember jason Bourne, the fifth one i know i've seen it i remember nothing about it <laughs> and and with the Bourne, what is it legacy or whatever that right. jeremy renner's in i've seen it once i saw it in theaters and i remember not liking it so it's going to be very entertaining because i come back and just completely next week be like or not next week we're taking a break next week that's Everybody. right that's right. We're taking this Thanksgiving week off from broadcasting. Um, you can expect a cross feed from our sister mm-hmm. show, The Adventures in Valagorn. I hope you enjoy that. Yes. And uh, then Thanksgiving, we will just be off. Uh, and we hope that you guys enjoy the holiday uh, with your yeah. family and or friends. 
And you can always you can always go to our numerous catalog and pull up a, an episode, any episode, right. any old episode, and uh, just rewatch one of your favorites or whatever. That'd be really nice. That would be nice. Mm-hmm. And then if you like it or don't like it, you can you know what we want honest. That's what we want here. <laughs> if you like it or don't like it, you can go to the app podcast or whatever. You can comment on and tell us. Like rip us a new right. one. Rip us a new one with Nicely. kindness. Or hatred. Oh, yeah. Okay. Nice. Nicely. Yes. Yeah. We, yeah. We do. I, have I would suggest if you want, s- if you want us to follow up on your critical feedback, which that is one hundred percent something we definitely yeah. want and need is critical feedback. But if you, if you, if you propose it to us nicely, that's going to be the easiest way for us to be like, oh, that's a really good idea, rather right. than a hey, fuck you. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if you know, if we get hurt feelings about it then it's probably not going to change because we're probably going right. to get just defensive about it. And then a couple months later, we're going to be like, oh, remember what that guy said? Yeah. Well, yeah. A couple we months later, we'll it. try to incorporate it in our own idea. We'll like inception yes. ourselves. That, yeah. It'll be like, it, no, so it'll right. get there. So if you got to be hateful, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but in the week after next, it's very possible that I'll cu- I'll be coming at you with a lot of love for Jeremy Renner's The Bourne film. Yeah, who but knows? I, I'm not expecting it. <laughs> but this was, a, as you said, this was a good end to an action trilogy in a way. You know, it's, it's, again, I don't think any of these films needed to happen. But this one incorporates so many elements of the first two films while actually focusing on a character that it's very intriguing even if i'm not really paying attention to the plot if i don't even give two shits about what's going on there are many scenes that are very entertaining and i'm i'm a comic book lover i'm always going to be rooting for a hero who is like i do not want or need to kill to win right you know and and that's 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 the born ultimatum is does he he doesn't want to be a spy anymore he is at this this end point in his life or his this crossroads in his life where he's like, I am not this man you made. You know, it, you find out in his flashbacks or, or he's seeing in his flashbacks that he volunteered for all of this. He wanted to be this super soldier spy guy. But when he lost his memory, he's a new guy now. Even if he still right. has all of these skills and everything, he is not that man. He's neither David Webb nor Jason Bourne. Exactly. He's John Doe. And he wants to have that identity. He just wants to be free of all this. And that's, you know, that's what he's fighting for throughout this entire film. And it's it's very entertaining to watch him fight for it because he has a lot of great scenes, like scenes where he's uh, chasing, you know, he's chasing, I don't remember who the villain or the the, uh, the assassin he's fighting. His name is Dash. Yeah. I found him. I, I thought it was Vesh, but it's Dash. Uh, and it's played by yeah. Joey Joey Ant. And he's he's very enjoyable as this other assassin. And they bring home this theme lines. that's been what was that? Doesn't have very many lines, but the uh no, the, a no. couple of them that he have I thought were a, a better scene in the movie for sure. But he does have a developing arc and I really yeah. enjoyed that because and, and it brings in a, a developing arc conclusion for the entire trilogy so far because starting with clive owen the professor way back in movie one you know he's like why do we do this why are we fighting like why why do we just 
go out and be pawns for these people and then just get shot. We have our own lives. I'm, you know, he's like, I'm happy being a teacher. He doesn't say all this stuff. Yeah, for he just dies. <laughs> but this is, <laughs> he just dies. But this is the well. He does have a monologue, yes. and I don't know if you noticed, but in that monologue, Jason Bourne actually uses some of those lines and tells them to Dash nice. in this film because three times. I want to say it's three times because that just seems like the right number, but it's possible as many more times. Him and Desh come across each other and they fight. Right. They have these action moments. Jason eventually bests Desh each time and then walks away without killing him. And Desh, whose sole, old, sole order is kill uh, Nikki and kill Jason. Right. Yeah, he's given both of these faces and he's just like, I got to kill these people. He is so just rocked that this guy has had him at gunpoint, helpless, each time and just won't do it. And you get to the spoilers for the end of it here. But you get to the end and he finally has Jason just, you know, completely. Jason wasn't paying attention and he has a gun on him. And Jason like turns over and he looks at looks at Dash and Dash is just standing there with a gun. And he just can't do it. You know, Dash is like, why haven't you done this? That you're so, you know, he's like, I'm going to kill you. Why haven't you killed me? And it was, it was a nice moment. It was, it was just something I wasn't expecting from these kind of films to right. have this kind of an arc. And I, I do appreciate that. That's really, but I just, I feel like they should have done more with it. They should have embellished it more. Right. You know? I like what Jason said, though. It was a good one-liner. Do you even know why they want you to kill me? Exactly. They're just being used. Yeah. It's good. It's a, it's a, I will say a much better film than the second one. Um, I, I don't know if I like it more than the first one just because I like Marie. Like Marie brings in right. a, a, a really good element to the story and she actually is a decent character. Like there obviously is some, like some remnants of the patriarchy, I guess. <laughs> um, from the you know the, whatever our lens was for the early 2000s though i feel like it was rather progressive yeah, she was a good character in that, and that character. and that identity art too is nice because it's like yeah. it just lends a lot to the tale yeah this movie's still missing that because this movie is still very much more spy than Definitely. mystery intrigue right this is like how can i get the better of my opponent and there are some really good moments of that I really like that they brought back in that conversation from Supremacy into this uh, between mm -hmm. Pam Landy and Jason Bourne. That was pretty good. Yeah. Because, you know, you as the audience, if you had seen that movie, know what they're they're um, referencing and know that they're up to something. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's pretty interesting, uh, the double talk. There's a lot of subtext, right. a lot more subtext in this movie, I think, than the other ones, too. Yeah, and I think though that's why I don't like spy films. Is I, I like to analyze films, and I you know I like to analyze television while I watch and everything like that. But I'm not good at it. Mm. And unless it's like very blatant with its symbolism or its metaphors, or that was that was the other thing was we did the we did over the garden wall uh, last Thursday, and I was saying metaphor a lot. And <laughs> when I was editing it, I was like, why am I saying metaphor? These are all symbols. <laughs> symbols. <laughs> oh man i was like damn it this guy but uh but i'm more i'm more into the stuff that because it's because i'm not the brightest you know i'm not the brightest bulb in the box i, I need i need are. a little bit more up front you're a beautiful green bulb oh thank you oh yeah, yeah. but where all the all the subtext though it just it kind of gets swept under my mental rug you know it's like i don't 
not that I have a toupee, but it's just that <laughs> it just confuses. <laughs> but it just it just gets lost in the ether for me. It's like I notice it, but I have to watch it a few more times to fully right. be like, oh, that's why they're doing this, you know? Right. But there there are a lot of references in this movie. It it makes a lot of callbacks to that first film. It does. Like and Nikki cutting her hair. Yeah, yeah, she cut her hair exactly like they cut Marie's hair. Yeah, it was it was like the exact same scene except they didn't make out at the end. Right. And they didn't like do the actual like hey, I'm dyeing your hair part. They just kind of walked out <laughs> yeah. and it was done. Uh and I was like, okay, yeah. that's the same haircut. And then I and then you know, I was like, that's a little weird that he gave her the same haircut. And then I realized, oh, that's the only haircut that just Ford knows how to get. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It most likely is true, man. <laughs> There's another, even the action scenes too are kind of a callback because that running across the roof thing, it ends with him jumping through a window, which right. I think happened in the first one. Yeah, I remember him jumping through a window. I, I think somebody jumped through a window at him. I think. Oh, uh, yes. I think he the was first inside. assassin yeah. that attacked at, was it Michael Kang's apartment? Or was it Jason Bourne's? It doesn't matter. He Yes, that first assassin jumped through the window. Michael Kane was in the first one? <laughs> no, that's. Oh, it's not Michael Kane. One of his aliases oh, the, is is gotcha. Like I know what you're talking. Yeah, yeah. I know where you're going with it. I was like, damn, they had Michael Kane, and then my second thought was like, do they have Michael Kane's apartment in this? Like, I'm sure the dude's got plenty of. Them. <laughs> yeah, I but mean, no, it was like, in it, France. It could have been. He could have an apartment in yeah. France. Who knows? It just seems weird because I, I like the circular storytelling. I love when you do callbacks. I love when you when you bring your story home when you have your arcs complete and all that kind of stuff. But I couldn't tell if it were if they were like callbacks, if they were like because it's a trilogy, or if it was like we don't know what to do. Quick, throw elements of the other two films. In. <laughs> we gotta we gotta pad this and get it to two hours. It's only an hour and fifteen. Oh shit. Uh, well, I don't know. I think it made it a better movie, so yeah. I, I, don't I mean, know if I do I'll just too. Call it just padding or, or not, but maybe it is a cheap trick. I don't know. It just it felt weird sometimes when, uh, uh, like the the dialogue with you know reusing the professor's dialogue when talking to Dash. Love that. That's yeah, great. That was a good scene. You know, the I guess it really was just the hair one that really just kind of bothered me, where they just cut her hair, yeah. and I'm just like, why is this? And, and I guess maybe to imply the relationship angle, maybe. I don't know. It just, it felt really weird. It did feel weird. Like they were paralleling her to a completely different character because she's part yeah. of the system. And Marie was just a random person that Bourne happened to <laughs> run into. There's two more things I want to talk about. Yeah. So one is the biggest negative. It's been the same negative we've had. For the last two, or well, specifically for the last film, uh, right. the first one had it too, but not as bad. And and I will agree with you. We talked a little bit before, Mike. This one isn't as bad as the second one, but the damn shaky cam. I hate it. Isn't just as infuriating in this yeah. film because because this film has great action scenes. It does. The choreography is beautiful, and you can tell the choreography is beautiful. But so many times the shaky cam doesn't capture it. And it's just like, God, these, these damn stunt workers put so much fucking work and so much body into this. And you're just going to be shaking all over. I, I want to see the action. I want to see it. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I, I really don't get it. And I, and I think it, the trend is fading. 
yeah. 15 years later. Um, but well, take taken did so horribly that I think, it, I think people were like, Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> maybe shaky action's not good. <laughs> they don't want to see six different angles of Liam Neeson jumping over a fence. <laughs> so I'm not, not kidding, man. There was one particular <clears throat> scene that really bothered me with the shaky cam because I was paying attention to it because in the last film, it legit made me nauseous. I don't recall actually right. getting nauseous in this film. I think they toned it down a little bit. That's However, good. there's one particular scene. Now, you, I want to talk about what you mentioned before we started the recording as well. But there's one particular scene where there was this car accident. And I thought the shaky cam made sense for the actual crash. But it kept right. shaking for like 10 seconds after everything else was still. Like everything <laughs> in the shot was still and the camera is still shaking. It totally brought right. me out of the scene. I was like, okay, now this camera is shaking. There's no reason why it should be shaking. Yeah. Like if they did some kind of like computer assisted thing where like a hubcap flew off and then they were acting like they were on the hubcap, maybe that'd be something. Yeah. But yeah, it was nothing. It just it really just irritated me. <laughs> yeah, really kind of bad. like in the the Fast and the Furious films where like when somebody gets hit, the camera flies or circles or spins with the person who was hit. Right. Like yeah, that that's fine. That's good action camera scene. But yeah, just just shaking for no goddamn reason. No reason. <laughs> the crash was over. I I think the technical reason was I think they were zoomed in to film the crash site. Like I think they were far enough away to not get hurt. I mean, I can't remember the scene. I know, I know which scene you're talking about. I can't remember the the visual of it, but like, I know it bothered me too because I was like, "Okay, cut something, like, right. get out of this shot." So and, there was a couple helicopter scenes where they were super uh, zoomed in, and then they would zoom yeah. out and like expect yeah. the focus to just be there, and <laughs> it it was that really bothered me too. There was something about the shape yeah. cam that you mentioned though for the over the shoulder shots. Yes, the the dialogue scenes in particular really pissed me off. Like, so if if you're going to be committed to shaky cam, you cannot use shaky cam still yeah. when doing dialogue scenes. Just put them on a tripod. Like, there's no reason to not have no a tripod reason. with you and to not set the camera down for a fucking dialogue scene. But like during the dialogue scenes, and there's a lot of these. There are so many of them in this film where it is you, your standard setup for a dialogue scene. You have one person facing another person. They're face-to-face, and the camera is typically over the shoulder of the listener mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're doing a scene. So, it's like you'll, you'll be able to see the person talking, or you'll be able to see the listener reacting. Those are your options, and it's over, the camera's over the shoulder of, of one person. And then you'll just cut to the opposite shoulder for the other person. You know, you got to keep right. that line of you know, 180 degree. And this movie... 90% or 80%, somewhere around there is 80 to 90% 83%. of the screen. 83% of the screen is shoulder. You yes. can barely see over the shoulder of this person and it's still shaking. You can you can see the quiver, the quivering of the cinematographer and he's holding it as still as possible, but he still he's fucking has to breathe. He still <laughs> has to breathe, damn it. And he can't see a damn thing over the shoulder and i remember like i i do remember seeing this in theaters mm-hmm. i don't remember if i saw i don't remember if it's actually an ultimatum or if this kind of th- shit continues on into legacy or jason Bourne. but i remembered seeing films like this in the theaters though where most of the screen is shoulder 
You know how annoying that is? It's a giant yeah. fucking screen, and I'm looking at the top right corner just to see the fucking face talk. Yeah. Don't. Not, don't do not that. Good. No. I mean, that, there's, that, there is a high concept film where that could work, but, like, not with the shaky cam as well. Like, yeah. If you want to do like an artsy shot where you're just barely seeing a person, okay, sure. But you know, we have to actually be able to see them. Something. And there's so many scenes in this where you just can't see it. And it was pissing me off. Like I was literally screaming at my camera where it's just like, tell the fucking dude to hunker down or something. Like, yeah. hey, I can't get this camera much higher than right now. I don't know why, but it's, this is the height I have to film at. Can you please just scoot down and sit on your lower back rather than your butt? Yeah. Like something. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, oh, it's infuriating. But that that was my biggest negative. Uh, to get back to the positives, there's one other scene that I wanted to talk about before we do closing statements. Because I, I thought this scene was brilliant. It was so fucking good. And it is when Jason Bourne is trying to direct a journalist through this like yeah. train station area. And he's doing it over a phone. Like he, he, he walks up real close and slips a phone into this journalist's pocket. And then from a distance, you know, he's wearing a headset with a mic on it. And from a distance, he calls the guy and he is just trying to direct him because he knows that, you know, people are trying to get this guy. This guy has important information. Jason needs this information too, but he wants to keep this guy from dying also. He's a good source, you know? Right. And it is the most tense and awesome scene. And almost nothing happens in it but people walking through a crowd. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's all because of how Jason Bourne is delivering these directions to this guy. How he's trying to force this guy to stay calm right. and to, to, to keep focused on the goal. It's almost disorienting because he's so... Because Jason's so good at at judging how to hide in plain sight like he he can judge the situation around him like the the fucking assassin dash doesn't even know that jason's there to start right. yeah and, and, and jason's physically journalist. in this crowd directing uh the the character's name is simon ross played by patty Considine. At least I'm pretty sure the picture looks like the guy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Like you said, it is a very tense moment, and I agree. I think it was one of the better scenes in in the series yeah. so far. And it has this it has this like rotating billboard, uh, not billboard, but like advertisement yeah. kind of thing where the the assassin's hiding behind it. And it's just right. like just like window blinds just flicking open and closed, and it just changes the the advertisement. But I love that. Like that, it, yes. it adds a lot of tension. And yeah, that's just that was the scene where I was truly riveted by this film, where I was completely paying attention and nothing's happening but born being like, all right, right now you need to drop to your knee and act like you're tying your shoe. Yeah. Okay, stand up and run in the accent. Now, 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 yeah. now. You know, it's just that that's all that's going on. And it's just brilliant. It's so good. I love it. But that that's uh That's the Bourne I think that's ultimatum. mostly yeah. That's the born ultimatum. Yeah, I'm ready for closing statements. You want me to go first? You go first? Yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead because you kind of tried to describe the plot. This, I mean, this movie is definitely better than the, the last one. I've said that several times yeah. already. So I give it a face. It's a competent movie. It's still not my favorite movie. I like the first one better, but this has some 
really good stuff in it and I think is very much worth watching, but I don't, I still don't know what the ultimatum really is. I know you said something along the lines of like whether or not he's going to choose to be a killer or whatever, Yeah. but I don't know why it needs to be titled that. I don't know why the last one needed to be titled Supremacy. But here we are. Right. Yeah, I, I, they're definitely just taking the book's names. Yeah. Uh, I, I took it as, uh, I, I'm not sure if I like explicitly said it yet or not, but I took it as the ultimatum was, am I the man who volunteered to be a spy or am I my own man? Right. And that's the, that's his ultimatum. That is, that's what he's got to choose. He's like, am I a killer or am I just David Webb? Which I don't know what, what name he would actually choose, but David Webb was like his real one, apparently. That was his birth um, name. I guess, maybe. Until Jason Bourne. We'll find out then. (laughs) Right, exactly. Maybe we'll find out Jeremy Renner's. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? But but I I, I definitely enjoy this a lot more. The action's great. The cinematography is toned down. It's still irritating and frustrating, but it's still there. You know, Paul Greengrass is the director. I think he might have taken some, uh, some feedback. You know, you might have listened to what people were saying. I was like, okay, you know, I don't need to be so shaky. The roof action scene, brilliant. I love that. That's a lot of fun. You know, Nikki gets to act in a, a little bit as as an action hero too, as she's like running away. That was a lot of fun. The acting all around, like Matt Damon's still killing it as Jason Bourne. Like, dude's a fucking pro. Love it. But all around, I really and uh, really enjoyed. It. I give it three stars. I, I agree with you. I think the first one still is the better one but this one was very close to that first one and yeah, i'm just realizing true. also i i just remembered we haven't given jason Bourne credit for one amazing skill set that he has and that's turning anything into a weapon or a shield true like true yeah he can, i don't remember if it's this film or one of the other ones but like he picks up a pin and fights a guy with a knife with a pin yeah he like uses a pin to oh it's great the, the man's a genius at action and matt damon just pulls it all off so uh, yeah, I recommend it also. It's a, it's a good one. It's it's not bad. Not bad. More than just an action spy film. Yes, it it is probably. I feel like it's more action spy than the first one, and I'll yeah. say it. You know, it's definitely one of the better action spy movies that I've seen. So there you go. Agreed. I think yeah, that's agreed. our show, right? Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. ready for it to be done. Yeah, we talked, we talked, to, I mean, this is like one of our longer playlist episodes at this point. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, honestly, if, if that's the only key factor is like, we talked 20 minutes about Supremacy, uh, close to 40 minutes on, on Ultimatum. So you yeah. can just go ahead and skip Supremacy. Like, right, just- <laughs> yeah, except for, except for everything that happens in Supremacy that you need to know for Ultimatum. <laughs> Read the wiki. <laughs> <laughs> I have been lovingly the green traveler from gorsh and i have been loathsomely the faceless leon (laughs) i'm just kidding uh safe travels and good night green and faceless on the couch is a proud production of fiction works 19 if you like the show please show your support by rating and reviewing us on apple podcasts like follow subscribe wherever you might listen we also now have a patreon account If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account, 
or on the Fiction Works 19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.